0: Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Media Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios. This is 1460 KXNO. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeart Radio. This is 1460 KXNO.
1: All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, our number two busy hour. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, in about 20 minutes. We'll take a look back at Nebraska-Iowa, take a look back at the 11 game. Well, not each and every one of them, but you get the message, <laughs> Trent. We'll take a look back at the season and look ahead. Uh, right now, speaking of looking back, we're going to look back at an uh, unbelievable weekend of college football. He's Bama Bob. He does this every Monday with us. Every Friday, we preview the weekend. Sadly, there's not enough Mondays and Fridays left. Hmm. How are you, Bama? I'm uh, doing fine, Kenny. How are you? Doing well. Uh, thanks for coming on. So many games to, uh, to to get into and to opine on. Can, can we start
2: in Bama's home state now?
1: You want to? I, I kind of do. Fire away with the Iron Bowl. Let's start right there. What do you want to know, Trent? <laughs> well, Bama,
2: it was... I don't think anybody went into that one thinking that Auburn couldn't win the game. We see that score plenty of times. The, the way, away. yes, absolutely, the way that game played out—two pick sixes out of Auburn. Mac Jones, good at times, ugly at times, just on and on and on. The way the game played out was completely different. Didn't anybody down there have what was it forty-eight forty-five the final?
3: <laughs> I don't think anybody had ninety-three <laughs> right. uh, as the total. Um, right, look. There's 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 a lot that we could we could spend a whole segment on it. No, you don't want to do that. I'll say this. Um, th- to me, this was all about Alabama. You're playing with a backup quarterback. You had 13 penalties. You had two pick sixes. You really had three points stolen or given to Auburn. I think at the end of the half. And you know, forget the punt and all that. They've been whining about with that.
1: the that replay. Was, yeah,
3: yeah, the yeah. replay that that should have never happened. Stop now, maybe the clock. That rule's going to change, uh, I can guarantee you, because I agree. you can't allow the technology to, to give them. Oh, listen, Auburn took advantage of it, so, you know, they didn't – there was no – I don't think there was any misadjudication of, of the rule. But, no, no. I mean, come on. You, but you, it's you a loophole. To, I agree with you. It's a loophole that's yep. going to be closed. But anyway, so, you know, the two pick sixes, the, the 13 penalties, you know, backup quarterback, missed 30-yard field goal – and you still almost beat them. So to me, it's all about Alabama. And this is there's a pretty good line, uh, article online about uh, Alex Scarborough uh, on ESPN.com. To me, that sums it up. Everything I've been saying, Tua covered up a lot of stench on this team. Okay, uh, just because of his talent and the talent of those four receivers, it's all been about the defense. It started back in the spring when Dylan Moses went down. Uh, he was going to be kind of the C.J. Mosley of that group. Um, Shane Lee, who was the true freshman that stepped in, never just he, he, it, undisciplined. You know, the, the thing about Nick Saban's defense is, you know, it, you got to be gap sound, do your job. He was out of position so many times. It really showed against LSU and Auburn. And that secondary, guys, th- to me this was kind of an entitled defense that thought just because they were playing for Alabama, that automatically made them good. And it didn't. They never really came together. I Listen, you give Auburn credit because they played just an absolute brutal mm-hmm. schedule. They finally got one uh, at the end. You know, Oregon, uh, you know, LSU, Florida, Georgia, and then they finally mm-hmm. got the win, you know, the the win, the conference win in Alabama. But um, Saban's going to have some rebuilding to do. Uh, I think he'll get it done. I hear all the things, oh, is the Alabama dynasty dead? Should Saban retire? That's just crap. Uh they'll be back next year. The the problem is I don't think they'll have as great of an offense. And it's it's ironic to me that they've had the most prolific offense in the history of that program, really the last two seasons and they got nothing to show for yeah, it. Yeah, really. Clemson's uh, been in
1: the way, you're hundred percent. Right. Yeah, I you know Bama, I want I want to talk about the fourth best receiver on the team, Jalen Waddle. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Jalen Waddle.
3: I mean <laughs> he's he's and, and four. Melvin even said, you know, Everybody talks about well he he tricked Nick Saban, you know, at the end. He came out and said, "Listen, I wasn't trying to catch them with too many men. Right. We just didn't want to kick it to Waddle. Right. <laughs> I mean, that was he was trying to just get it to where you know Alabama wouldn't put him on the field. They were going to quick kick it. Alabama screwed up the substitution. Mm, they put Waddle out there along with the defense. Didn't have a timeout. Couldn't get him off the field. Fourth and four. Game over. It just really that really just epitomized everything. That was." That right there was an encapsulation of that game and the entire season. This was not a championship team. Big you know, I I've kind of sort of said that, especially without Tua, you know, and, and and you know, that defense as leaky as it was. And you really go back now, go start looking back in the last, I don't know, eight, sixteen, seventeen games when they played really good teams. You saw what um Trevor Lawrence did to him, you saw what Joe Burrow did to him. You know, Bo Nix is not Burrow or, or Lawrence and And, you know, the defense, I guess, technically only gave up 34 points because of the two Mm pick-sixes. And, by the way, that one pick-six, you know, he hit Najee Harris in the numbers. The problem is it was on the back of his jersey (laughs) instead of the front of it. But I don't blame – I can't really blame Wilson for that. I thought he played an outstanding game. I thought the offense ran it. They ran it better than anybody has against that Auburn front. First and goal at the two – that's on Sarkeesian for throwing the ball. I mean, you don't put your quarterback in the position to make a fluke mistake. Give the ball around, to Najee Harris. Yeah, turn around and hand it to Najee Harris, and that was a 14-point swing because, you know, you take seven off for Alabama mm-hmm. or six. You never know with the extra point with their kickers. Uh, but you give seven to Auburn the other way. That was really, to me, that and that that one sequence of pass plays where, you know, he hit Seth Williams with the one-arm catch. And then he's trying to throw it away, and Hastings comes and you know does a little ballerina move, and then the one throw again, you know, right there. I mean, those three throws in a row, that and that one play really epitomized it. But got what they deserved. Um, they'll, they'll go to a ball game. There'll be a lot of players missing uh, out of that, so yeah. probably Judy and some of those receivers. Don't blame him a bit see. either. I don't blame I, him a yeah, bit. You won't see him in the ball game, right? Um, but you know, listen, I don't think. I think the demise may be a little bit premature. We'll know a lot more next year.
1: I'm with you. Let's, uh, let's go to the Big Ten because the Big Ten was on full display this, uh, this weekend as well. The West was Wisconsin, Minnesota, of course, in the East. It was the game, and the game was, once again, a lopsided game, Bama. Uh, the difference between yeah. Michigan and Ohio State, and Harbaugh wanted to hear nothing of it, but man, oh man, it was so apparent how much, how much better the players on Ohio State are than the players are in Michigan.
3: Yeah, and this is really we talked about it Friday, Ken. Um, I mean, listen, Michigan came in on a little bit of a roll, starting with the Notre Dame game, beating Michigan State. I thought they looked really good in the trap game against Indiana, and then they just come out and lay this egg at home. Um, and I don't know how many, you know, listen by what eight nine minutes in the fourth quarter, that stadium was was had the twenty five thousand Ohio State fans in it, that's all that were left. And I mean. I don't know where they go from here because you're right. It's just a talent gap. This is your, every player on that roster is Harbaugh's. Every single one of them. He can't blame anything on anybody else. He can't go Tom Herman. He can't go Chip Kelly. He can't go Scott Frost. You know, about all we got to have, you know, every, every fingerprint of that program, every stitch of that program has his fingerprints on it. And to, you know, it's one thing to lose, but, you know, was it three years ago, whatever it was, four years ago now, I guess, you know, they had the controversial fourth down play and you know, Michigan was kinda in it. And ever since then the gap has Yeah, been, that was know, in Columbus. That was in Columbus, right? Yeah. Yep. In, in Columbus, and I, I don't I don't the gap has just gotten wider since then, in the last three years. I don't know where they go. He's the highest paid coach in football, I believe. And I, I don't understand. I don't know where you go from there. I don't know if you're how could you be happy or confident if you're a Michigan fan? You know Shea Patterson. He thought he found him year two. I don't. He got a little better, not yeah. appreciably better. And um man, I don't know. Another nine and three team, and we're probably going to play Auburn in a bowl game. It kind of seems like the the thing there. Auburn will be happy to be there. I don't think. I, I watched Michigan in the Peach Bowl last year against Florida. They didn't want to be there. Uh, I know they had a lot of guys missing and everything else, but you know the 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 gulf between Ohio State and Michigan is vast and it just got exposed again. I don't know where Michigan goes from here. I still think Harbaugh there's a shot that he goes to the NFL. Um and, and we talked about it very our first show we talked about, you know, maybe it was a mutual parting of the ways if you want to look at it that way or however you want to put it and I still think that's on the table for for Jim Harbaugh because they're not getting any better. And I don't know what the recruiting is like. I don't keep up with that, but I'm pretty sure Ohio State's is pretty strong. I don't know where Michigan's is, and they're going to be able to keep up with that.
2: Well, certainly the Buckeyes, the power in the East. The power continues to be. The Badgers in the West, they flex their muscle at TCF Bank, mm-hmm. run away from the Gophers in that one. Anybody in the West going to be able to keep up with Wisconsin, or are we just uh, destined for year after year? It'll be Bucky versus uh, against Brutus in the championship game.
3: Well, I mean, right now it doesn't seem like it. Listen, Minnesota's a good story. they were a great story this year. We talked about it Friday, guys. Um, you know, what, beating Penn State was one thing. That got them to the, to the, you know, in the picture. Now there was something on the line, okay? There was a there was a division championship on the line, a chance to go play Ohio State. If you win that game, you might be into all that kind of stuff, and I just think the moment got too big for Minnesota. Um, Wisconsin, we talked about it. That game travels you know the running game with with Taylor and and I mean it, it cold weather home road no wind rain probably about the only thing they wouldn't like is 85 degrees and humid <laughs> you know so I think I think that game that game travels and it traveled well up to Minnesota it was a good story of happy game day was there it was a great scene but um I thought Nebraska would really challenge this year I don't it, it appears Iowa is kind of in that Michigan Auburn kind of mode, you know, perpetual nine and three. Uh I, I don't I don't see you know, you keep thinking maybe they'll step up. They haven't. Uh Nebraska not good three years in a row not going to a ball game. Uh and they extend Scott Frost. So I mean, okay. I mean, did they think he was gonna be, you know, a candidate for Missouri or one of these other jobs right. come open? Uh old miss. I mean, who knows? But um I mean man I I guess I guess the short answer is yes it appears so and they're probably just going to be fodder for whoever you know until they can get a little more athletic on defense and until they can get a little more explosive on offense when they go up against a team like Ohio State I just don't give I don't give them much chance I mean we've seen it once this year and I don't expect much different next week a real
1: anomaly, boys, in the ACC and the Coastal. 2013, it was Duke. 14, Georgia Tech. 15, UNC. 16, va Tech. 17, Miami. 18, Pitt. So, if that trend was going to continue, it was going to be Virginia's year. Trent Condon, you identified that prior to the season. Hats off to you for that. Thank but you. that's just crazy that the seven teams in the Coastal have taken turns winning the last seven years. A different school uh, has represented the Coastal. Crazy the way it worked out.
2: Not exactly what you would consider. You know the NFL. It's about parity. This is mediocrity, right? It's oh, they're gonna yeah. It, it is seven teams that are all average and behind
1: door number one, Clemson, right. <laughs> right? And then you get the
2: other side of it. it that, that coastal division. Who's got hope to be a power program? Who has hope that they can Miami? Really? Wow. You saw like a Nebraska fan over there. <laughs> When Miami was winning titles, that was that's a good point. It's a long time ago. Yeah, that's a good point. There's still talent down there. That's the difference.
3: I thought Miami would under Ricked, and Mm -hmm. you know he retired abruptly, and we now kind of know maybe why. Um, You know, I think it was his health scare. uh, He knew he he knew he needed a break. He went straight from Georgia to Miami. Um, I don't, Kenny. You're 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 the you're. I mean, both you guys obviously know. sports gambling better than I do. I mean, what, what kind of odds could you have gotten that you had seven? Good, different but, winners yeah, out really. seven years? I mean, come on. Yeah, no. I don't know what the odds of that would have been, but look, I mean, good for Virginia, um, good for Bronco Mendenhall. I mean, it, it's just, I, I mean, I guess anything could happen in that game, but I mean, you want real chaos. You let Virginia beat Clemson. Mm. I, well. There's... Virginia is not getting in, and Clemson ain't getting in if they lose to Virginia. Nope. So uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but, I mean, good good for the Wahoos and good for Trent. Like you said, you were on them from the beginning. Um, I, I just, I mean, that, that conference is so hard to talk about, with uh, with, especially with Florida State being down and, you know, who knows where they're going, Louisville without Petrino and Lamar Jackson. I mean, they had a nice They did have a nice year, with, yep. Are they going to be uh you know are they going to be able to challenge Clemson in that division? No. I don't know. I just Virginia Tech. You you think you know historically under Beamer, but I mean where are they now with Fuentes? I mean Bud Foster's retiring. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I just that whole conference is just blah. You yeah, know? <laughs> like, great it's good just, story. Mac
1: Brown getting his team to a bowl, uh getting his team to a bowl game. That that uh if, that was one yeah, of the better things. Yeah, let's go to the Big Twelve absolutely. guys. Uh, look, there was a lot of folks. Trent, I just praised John Virginia <laughs> that thought Kansas was gonna give Baylor all they wanted. Whoa. Yeah, yikes! Uh, we're gonna get Oklahoma and Baylor. That's one of the stories. And then all those teams, you know, seven and fives and the eight and fours, etc. Um, so there really nothing stood out to me. We covered Iowa State, K-State in that one. Let's go to the Pac-12 boys in our final. Five- no.
0: Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more from 1460 KXNO seems like yesterday, but it was long ago. <laughs> Salt wound.
1: Ah, uh, Trent, you're, I've got your A game today. Millery Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Seems like a long time ago. Uh, as we uh, get Mark Morehouse in here, Cedar Rapids Gazette, gazette.com backslash sports. Mark, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Hawks win by a field goal. Dramatic field goal at that one of the stories, though, and I'm glad we're not talking about it uh, until now, is, um, boy, the officials didn't have a good day, did they? <laughs> that was woof.
4: I'm still trying to figure out what the deal was with a reggini Regini non-catch or right. catch mm-hmm. or whatever we're going to call it. I was watching the Wisconsin-Minnesota game, exact same thing happened. Uh, a Wisconsin receiver caught a ball going out of bounds. It was a good catch, and then he lost it out of bounds. I thought, okay, well, that's you know, after what we saw yesterday, that's incomplete, right? Right. No, it was complete. So I'm like, mm, wow. So there's, there seems to be a real disconnect, at least on that. And then there were several conferences that just kind of drove me nuts. And If I'm Nebraska, I have a real beef with uh, stopping the snap when I was hurrying to try to get that, uh, uh, the ball spiked so they could set up the field goal. I want chaos there if I'm Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And the referees kind of stop the show and put a, another second on the clock and, So, real uneven, I thought it was an unsure crew, and you're know you going to have that every once in a while. You're just going to have that. I'm not saying get rid of anybody or change anything, but man, that was just a really bad game.
1: Yeah, not their best work.
4: Able to overcome it, able to overcome
2: it late by putting the football in your quarterback's hands. Nate Stanley, a three-year starter, had not played very well in the wind uh, on Black Friday, but... Found a way, made a couple of beautiful, cold throws, including the one that was uh, overturned and the non-catch to Reganey there. But a couple of bullets, including one to Laporta, to set up the game-winning field goal. Great performance in the end. That last drive out of Stanley.
4: I absolutely agree. I mean, it was a cold performance. Trent, you're exactly right until that last drive. Um, Nebraska got some pressure. I was running the ball really well in the first half. So you know that you kind of. You know, to, uh, what was Amir's touchdown was 45 yards somewhere in that mm-hmm. neighborhood. And I think uh, uh, Tyler Goodson's was 55 yards up the middle. So things are going well on the running side. You don't need Stanley to thread the needle. And then when they needed him, absolutely needed him to thread the needle, he couldn't have thrown better passes. And then the one to Amir, I thought, wow, he mistimed that jump. Amir kind of hung on that one. It was sort of mm-hmm. a short-match type deal, and uh, I didn't think that was targeting. I thought that was the correct call, but, uh, that again, the, the, you know, a review, but Iowa kind of get its wits about itself, and uh, boy, the next play, uh, LaPorta right down the middle, a great a great concept, and uh, LaPorta ran it so well, and Stanley hit it right in the money, so they hit that, and they really perform, and boy, Trent, I know with 32 seconds left, you thought, knee, 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 <laughs> yep. <hate> overtime.
1: Yep, <laughs> yep. Saw that in 2009, Mark, here we go again, but... Uh, but that's,
4: uh, right, that's right where Ferentz went. That's yeah, right I saw that. Went. He, he uh, Scott, I think... Got asked a question. I think he was kind of, he was kind of heading that way. And Kirk cut him off the pass and said, "Yeah, Ohio State, 2009. He That's right where he went. That's kind of where everybody went.
1: I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, I tried to make this case with Trent earlier. I don't think that you're going to jump on my side of things, but I, you know, I think you can make a case for Amir Smith Marset. Is not maybe not the MVP? No, well that too. But I think his contribution offensive MVP for this football team, and maybe team MVP overall, Mark. um, And it's not just based on the kick return at Nebraska. He's had a huge role in this offense this year. Uh, Smith Marset, where where, what's his place on this football team? Is he as important maybe to this year as anybody?
4: He can make plays that no one else can. And he has speed that no one else has. So I think in my mind that makes him hugely important. Um I I started on you know, I was on Twitter yesterday for a bit, um, between watching the Packers finally kinda win, but uh <laughs> I I kinda get the vibe that um uh I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there, but I, I Smith Marset yeah, it's kind of got the vibe that maybe people are starting to think about yeah. NFL with him. Mm-hmm. And you know, wide receivers, you think about it, wide receivers yep. are you know kind of a dime a dozen. But uh, I think in Amir's case, he's also got uh, he's also got uh, return skills. Mm-hmm. He's also got he's also got he's got speed and playmaking ability that's been demonstrated now for two years. So you wonder about that. Yep. I don't know. I'm kind of not in that in that category with him, but. Uh, let's see how the bowl game goes, and let's see how the draft works.
2: Good one there, and and a possibility. A couple other possibilities. We've talked all season long about A.J. Epinesa, Tristan Werps, maybe a Lyric Jackson also in that mix. How about a guy like Geno Stone? Uh, You know, last year at this time when it was brought up, oh, Anthony Nelson, he's not going to leave. Hooker's not going to be leaving. Of course, they get the grade, and both those guys are off to the NFL. Those next group of guys... Might be Geno Stone. Might be Smith-Marset. Anybody else that a possibility you think at least is going to go to the advisory committee with the NFL draft and find out what they think
4: of them? I think maybe Matt Hankins could going yeah, get a get good little one. bit of a look. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it's, it's hard for me to kind of project that, but I think you're right about Amir. I think you're right about Geno. And Geno is probably the line on the stand for me. Um, I think he could get drafted. How high? I'm not sure. Is he a sixth rounder? That wouldn't be worth it in my mind. Uh Is he a fourth rounder? Yes, that would be totally worth it in my mind because that's about eight hundred thousand dollars just signing bonus. So So um, he got you get you get retirement, retirement money for just showing up. So I'm uh, fourth round to me is a cutoff. After that, I'm not sure it's worth it. But I think Gino's kind of right on that line. I think he's going to be looked at like Amani. Is he going to test like Amani? I think if that's the one thing with Gino that I wonder about. Um, How fast is he in the 40? But then you look at the way he plays the alley. I mean, he plays it so smart. Uh, Yeah, I think Trent... I think you're totally right to kind
1: of worry about Gino a little bit. Mm. Well, we'll worry about those guys in due time because, as you alluded to on on Friday, and you didn't definitively say. You just mentioned the fact that you know that the the two offensive tackles and Epinesa not maybe the foregone conclusion most felt uh, back in the summer months uh, that these guys were you know one more year and they're out the door at the end of this season. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. Speaking of seeing how things are going to play out, Mark, I know the holiday Bowl is all over this eye with teams sending representatives that don't normally travel. Uh, to make those in-person visits. Uh, it seems like, clearly, they want the Hawks badly. Um, do you still feel that that's most likely? And if not, who else Whom else is uh, in play as far as the bowl destination if the Holiday Bowl is not there?
4: Uh, yeah, Barnett was on the radio before the game Friday. He's most likely was Holiday. Um, he mentioned the Sisters is still in play, and I think some of the things that had to happen did happen. With the Citrus, uh, Wisconsin won, so I think Wisconsin's probably out of that running. Um, Penn State won, and Penn State looks like it's probably in the Rose Bowl I running. Yep. So I think the Citrus Bowl is probably not, not a place that I don't – I still think Holiday Bowl, but I think the uh, Citrus Bowl might have a clear shot at Iowa. And I could see it, it pulling the trigger. Uh, I, I kind of think Minnesota's ahead of Iowa in that line at 10-2, but but uh, you never know what happens with the bowl games. I think the Gator Bowl – I. I think if that's if that's a switch up, that'll probably be the Music City Bowl switching because it wants uh, it wants the uh, it wants Indiana because Indiana's right there. It's kind of a hot team this year, at least by Indiana standards. So uh, I think that if there's a Music City Bowl possibility there, I think that's where Indiana ends up. And I think would just goes to I think it goes to the Holiday Bowl. Um, I think probably Michigan has its turn in either the Gator or the uh State. Right, it's the kind of year for Michigan.
0: Mm.
2: Is Redbox Bowl completely off the table? Do you think, or there's still dominoes that could fall and Iowa ends up in the Bay Area?
4: Yeah, I mean, if uh, Minnesota gets picked ahead of Iowa for the citrus, if uh, um, if if Michigan goes ahead of Iowa for the holiday, yeah, I think that that, that okay. could happen. Um, I just I don't I don't I, I just think the the gesture that the Holiday Bowl made you know, hey, their guy never travels, hey, I'm going to Iowa City, to me, that's a big deal, and you know, Trent, these things happen, there's already dialogue, Iowa's already kind of mashed itself with the Holiday Bowl, so I think that kind of wipes that Gator Bowl, whatever that was going to be, off the table, which, you know, the Gator Bowl never did have permission if they take Iowa, I think that wipes that off the table, I think Iowa has has locked itself in with the Holiday Bowl, but You know, some stuff has to play out still.
1: Uh, Tyler Goodson, uh, sadly there is no game to play this week, but uh, if there was, would he? And and how serious is his injury, Mark?
4: He was fine. Um, Terrence was asked specifically about him after the game. Uh, He he said he was fine. I imagine it was just a little ankle thing. He was celebrating just like everybody else at the end. I think they were – I want to say they were just kind of going ball security type running backs at the end. But uh, of course, uh, Makai kind of had a, a, a bad fumble in this game, so uh, uh, I, I think you know. Parents said he's fine after the game, so I'm going to go with that. Plus, they don't have another game for a week, so I think I think it's going to be good.
1: Uh, speaking of celebrations, guessing that Kerner and Shooter and maybe Keith were celebrating. Uh, Keith Duncan celebrating their just a tad were, more. Their parents, their parents were, were, yeah, <laughs>
4: for sure. I mean, those guys got scholarships. Uh, I think from what I've heard, this has been kind of in the works. But you know that that was official word after after uh, the game Friday, so uh, big deal for them. I think uh, I think probably you know the way the scholarship situation is going right now, it probably says that yeah, they probably do expect a few people to seep out uh, through the porthole here, portal Mm. here, and uh, probably in you know probably in about a month or maybe less than that.
2: So uh, mentioning Keith Duncan there, the kick at the end, the kisses to the sideline of Nebraska hawkeye fans uh that picture is certainly going to be up there i think in a lot of offices and man caves uh, across uh, iowa after uh the performance out of duncan there do you have a problem with that you like a little trash talk at the
4: end of a game i it made me cringe a little bit mm-hmm. you know what it did for sure trent uh it's a rivalry guys yes i mean there's, I mean, there's no going back from that uh uh, I think Frost kind of had the officials maybe thinking a little bit about throwing the taunting flag. Mm. I, I guarantee that's what he was looking for, and then you know what he had a pretty good argument. That was a pretty good, talk pretty obvious one too. So, uh, yeah, I would probably have if I'm I, Kirk. I, I'm just, I'm surprised he hasn't had that look, that talk with Duncan yet. But um, yeah, I think uh, now you guys, uh, there is no question. Uh, these teams hate each other. These programs want a piece of each other, and. But I, I kind of love that.
1: Mm. Who do you love this Saturday in Indianapolis? I mean, uh, make a case for Wisconsin to keep it close. Mark, can you?
4: Uh, early turnover, mm. uh, maybe it's fine. Uh, consistently stop dom- uh, Dobbin, and then uh, hit a big play. Uh, have that, do what uh, you did uh, with uh, uh, have that one series. And the, Wisconsin got that one series out of Cephas. Against yeah. Iowa, they got that one series out of C. against Minnesota. Minnesota yep. They they can play they can play the long ball if they, if they have protection, um, and I think that's going to be the big thing with Ohio State. So if they can hit a long ball, get an early turnover, get some momentum, and maybe make Ohio State to, you know play a little bit nervous, uh, that's probably their best shot.
2: Open up at eighteen, down to a sixteen point spread currently in that one. Hey, Mark, we'll get you out of here on this. Coming up on the other side, we're going to be talking to your old buddy John Shipley. Tell us about your guys' oh, connection. Right. I, I see you guys go back and forth on on Twitter all the time. Did you guys go to college together or something?
4: Yeah, we went to grad school at Iowa oh, together. Gotcha. And we worked at the Daily Island. He was the sports editor. I was the uh, managing editor. And uh, no, I was a Nation Wilder. I'm sorry. Uh, and most of our duties were playing wiffle ball behind the uh, Daily Island <laughs> and home runs on the roof of the Daily Island. So uh, asked Tom who led the league in home runs. He better be it.
1: All right, we will, we will. <laughs> hey, uh, just run your thing real quick, and I know it's Rutgers and nobody cares, but Shiano, the, Rutgers had to have Greg Shiano, don't you think, and they got their guy?
4: Yeah, they had to, otherwise uh, the, I think the confidence in the program would have would have yeah. dropped out of the floor, and uh, I, think, I don't think it's there anyway, but I, I think that at least they got their guy, at least they have
1: that. Yeah, I got a little bit of hope. Mark, thank you. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Appreciate it. You bet, guys. Take care. Thank you. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. All right, we'll uh, come back and we'll talk to uh, Mark's former roommate, colleague, uh, John Shipley, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Let's do some Vikings and some Seahawks. Monday Night Football. What a big, big spot for a couple of NFC uh, teams. Both have playoff aspirations. We will come back with that as we take the up until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 14th. 14...
0: LawFirm.com. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460
1: KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Cotton, to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Final few minutes here of the program. A preview of tonight's a uh, really big game. Uh, ESPN's got to love this when they don't get the juiciest matchup seemingly, uh, but uh, they love the fact that they've got a 9-2 and two team hosting an 8-3 and three team. Both teams still think that they can win their divisions. They're right. Seahawks would take over the number one overall seed in the NFC should they win tonight. Uh, the Vikings trying to keep pace with those Packers from Green Bay. John Shipley joins the program. St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, John, along with Trent Conan, this is Ken Miller, thanks for coming on, John Shipley. How are you? I'm, I'm well. How are you? Doing fine. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, I guess we should start with the Thielen injury. He tried to go against Kansas City a couple of weeks back. Subsequently, has missed Dallas and Denver. Uh, where is he? Is is this is this obviously lingering a bit longer than they thought? He's such a weapon.
0: Yeah, the, you know, hamstrings are notoriously fickle, and uh, as I understand, I've never. I'm sure I've had one, but not a severe one. Um, you think it's fine, and then these guys, you know, are real athletes, so they are fast. And then they take a step, and boom, it goes again. Um, I don't think it's torn or anything like that, but uh, obviously, I'm a little uh, part of me surprised because he was practicing and everything. But the other part is they don't want to. Um, he's he's kind of worthless. If I mean not, you know what I mean. He's not worthless, but. He needs to be where he is, where he where he's healthy, because then he's not he's just not as much of a threat.
2: You know, the team coming in off a of bye week, an extra day, then with the Monday night game on top of it, they come back in historic fashion against the Broncos their last time out. You know, this team, how good are they in your mind? Is this team good enough to get to the playoffs again, maybe win a game, but that's it? Or is there a possibility of higher aspirations out of this squad?
0: Well... <laughs> The, you, the magic question is how good are they? I, you know, I, every week I have to make a pick in the paper and then, and every week virtually I'm wrong because <laughs> I can't quite figure out how good they are. You look at them certainly on paper and then you look at what Dalvin cook brings. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when they're on they're as good as anybody, the, the funny thing is, is that I think their issue right now is, is their cornerbacks. Um, and I probably would blame the new NFL uh, pass interference uh, focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these are handsy guys. Rhodes has always been a handsy player. And I think he doesn't know if he's coming or going right now. I don't mm-hmm. think he knows what to do. Um, he, you know, he'll go one game where he looks fine. and But if you put him up against someone really dangerous, it, he gets called for interference like three times. And in the NFL, I, I think it should be 15 like it is in college. I understand why it's not, but in the NFL, that's huge. You get a guy on a forty-yard pass; that cha- it completely changes a drive. I think that's their big issue right now. I think they're getting a little old on the uh, defensive line with Griffin. I don't think he is what he was. I think he's still a good player. Um, so I think the defense is probably their issue. When when Cousins is on and Cook is is playing well, the offensive line's been pretty good. I. Mm-hmm. I picked them to win this game (laughs) because my instinct is that they'll lose, that they shouldn't win this game. But I certainly think they can. And I think if they make it to the playoffs healthy, I do think they can beat anyone. The question is, can they do it three times?
1: Yeah, is the NFC with the, the with the West? Those two teams. You'll see one of them tonight. San Francisco, of course. New Orleans. It's never easy to win a game there. You go back to two thousand nine. Uh, the the East is a, is uh a, it's a it's a bad division, but uh, uh, we'll say, save that for another time. Um, you, you mentioned Dalvin Cook. Is he or will he? I guess get serious because I believe he should. I'm not saying he's the MVP, but clearly this is a guy that. You know, he's brought a lot to this uh, to this football team this year, and I don't think there's any way in you know where uh, that they're as close to having the record that they do if Dalvin Cook wouldn't be a part of this football team or been injured. And Madison's a nice player, but Dalvin Cook is special.
0: Yeah, no way. He's he's been fantastic. It's the first time he's really been healthy since his first few games as a rookie. I think he's the real deal. Um, you know, he's he he hits the hole hard. And he's super fast, and he can make a guy miss. If you make the first linebacker miss, that's huge. And it, it's just made teams uh, afraid of the play action, and it's really helped Cousins out immensely. It, it, one thing to think about with this team is that they've won five of their, I think, five of their past six without Thielen, basically. Mm-hmm. So if they get Thielen back healthy, and I'm sure that's what they're, th- you know, they're not going to take a chance on him. Uh, Cousins is playing well. You know, when Cousins, when you give him some predictions, he's really dangerous. I I just think their offense is, is awfully good, um, and I think, well, it literally is probably mostly because of, of Cook. He, he's he been the difference.
2: John, we're tight on time here. I had a wild question. Is they're playing well? Wanted to maybe talk some wolves with you. We'll have to do that another time, but do you got to sneak a gopher question in here. On the mm-hmm. cusp of a championship game appearance, getting their shot against Ohio State, and Big Bucky comes to town. They got him a year ago, but Wisconsin flex their muscle once again. What's the mood? You got game day there, a lot of excitement, a 10-win season, but how big was the letdown for Flex boys?
0: Well, I, it's funny. I'm a little objective about it. Um, I They laid an egg, there's no doubt. I think the way they lost was bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it was the first time in a long time they hadn't played well. This is a team that's been getting better. Um, you know, Ferentz teams tend to get better. Uh, a lot of teams... At a halfway point, they either get worse or better. I, I, I think this is a big season for them. I don't. It's not a disaster. I don't think this is going to be a one-off. I really do. Fleck is crazy, but he's a good coach. He's mm-hmm. getting good players here. I think if he keeps these kids out of trouble, um, they, they're, do, they're doing they're doing their schoolwork. They're I think this. You know, they, what they what they do in the Big Ten, and you know this, is that they're all vying for the spots that Wisconsin and Iowa hold. You know, Nebraska cannot. I think they're done. Yeah, me too. Um I, I think they're kinda that's never gonna happen again for them. I, I think Minnesota can. Um and I think he's got them I think he's got them in the right direction. This was a a tough tough loss, but they weren't you know, the weather was bad for them with the passing game. I don't think it's a disaster by any stretch. I think people here are maybe taking it a little harder than they should.
1: Well, it's just such the circumstances. Game day there, huge spotlight on the football yeah. game. Uh, the ABC's A team doing the game. Um, anyways, yep. John, thank you. And yes, we will indeed have you back on again. Appreciate you coming on, John Shipley. All right, take care, guys. Good to talk to you, John Shipley, St. Paul Pioneer Press. I want to know who talked. Spielman into taking Bissy Johnson in the seventh round. That's one of those seventh rounders, me Yeah. Look what he's done for this team with Thielen being out, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Bissy Johnson, Colorado State. I had to look it up. This guy um, knows how to build a team. Yeah. Mr. Monday night. Let's get back on the win column, shall we? we yeah. Last I, week was I think was the ugly. Vikings can win. Am I
2: crazy? I, I'm right there with you. I'm grabbing the field goal. And there might be a three and a half that pops. I saw a couple of offshores. I looked at William Hill. It's still three, but that thing gets two, three and a half all day long. Give me
1: the Vikings, oh, Mr. Monday Night. There you go. You're on record. All right, Murph and Andy coming your way today at two. Fanatics will slide on in here at four. I'm not sure what's going on with the Iowa State coaches show tonight. i got to assume it's mostly prone with the football season coming to its end, but that'll be 6.30. Trent and I are back tomorrow. Morning Rush will start off at Tuesday. They hit the airwaves, as always, at 6. Thanks for being here. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.